This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Your Saltwater Guide with another phenomenal podcast for you today. It's Okuma Wednesday. Welcome, everybody. We always talk about some Akuma products on Wednesday, and today we got a good little video for you. We'll show it to you a little bit later about some Akuma products, but uh, first and foremost, thank you all for joining us. Thanks for being a part of this show. The uh, growth is mind-boggling. I cannot believe how many views we get every day. It just absolutely blows my mind, and it, none of it would be possible without all of you, so thank you all very, very much. I really appreciate everything you all do for us. Don't forget during this podcast, you can lay out some stars on Facebook or you can give us a tip on YouTube. It's very, very simple. You can see the stars. It's a tiny donation to help me feed all the animals, help me put this show together. I do this show Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Then it goes out on all the podcast carriers right after we go live at one o'clock. Elliot puts this out across to all podcast carriers. Gang, we got a big announcement on Friday. You want to make sure you tune in. Bill Varney will be a part of the show on Friday, and we have a very large announcement to talk about on Friday. So make sure you don't miss the Friday show. And once again, Akuma, thank you very much for being a part of the Wednesday shows for so, so long. A big, big Big sponsor of the shows, big sponsor of Captain Dave. I've been a I've been a pro staffer with Akuma for a very, very long time. I've caught lots and lots of fish all over the country and all all over Mexico using Akuma products. I love their products. They work very, very well for me. And that's ninety-nine point nine percent of the time you see me fishing, I'm using Akuma products, rods, reels lures and all that other good stuff and we'll talk about a phenomenal reel that just hit the market here today we're going to show you a little video a little later on in the show and uh i think dave brown's gonna join us here in a little bit and he's gonna throw up a phenomenal uh code for you to get clothing akuma's gonna allow us to get clothes like this beautiful shirt you see me wearing right now this sun shirt, these things are incredible, super cool, nice to wear down here in Mexico where it's so dang hot all the time. These these uh, sun shirts are incredible, very lightweight, allows you to breathe. And it, there's so many different products. And Dave Brown's going to jump on here in a few minutes, and he's going to allow everybody to get apparel at 50% off. That's an incredible, 
incredible uh, savings, 50% off all of Akuma's clothing that they have online. He's going to show us the website. He's going to put it up here and it's going to be going through till, uh, what did he say? Oh, till the, till Friday, the, the 6th is what I see right here. So he's going to jump on here in a few minutes and he'll let everybody see. We'll post it across Facebook and YouTube and all the podcast carry all the podcast carriers will give you a link to let you know how to get the 50% off the apparel. Today is text the show Wednesday. You guys can text me and ask me any question you want. We got a few questions came in already. And then at the end of the show, we give away a free your saltwater guide t-shirt to one lucky winner. And all you got to do is text the show at 949-374-0786. And you can also text Kelly tomorrow at 949-374-0786. Kelly girl will be joining us tomorrow on the show live. And she'll be talking about fishing with your spouse. She'll answer any questions you want. She'll let you know what you need to do to make sure that you don't blow it when you take your spouse out fishing. Mike Lewis, a big announcement to you. You need to answer your phone. I don't know if you need to just turn it on with a special Captain Dave ringer or what, but I'm trying to reach out to you last night. I'm trying to get a hold of you. So give me a call. Let me know or uh, text me or something. Let me know when you'll have your phone on so I can actually talk to you, you bugger eater. Dan and Kim, Josh, Brian, everybody that's watching. Brody, thank you all very, very much. Thanks, everybody. Gang, if you want to be a part of our uh, website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, check it out. Go to yoursaltwaterguide.com and... uh, if that there's like three or four videos you can watch on there for free. And then if you have a burning desire to become a member and you're tired of sucking at fishing, just go ahead and text me your email address. I'll give you an absolute free look and you can see why so many people are having so much fun catching fish. What in the heck is going on here? Brody, do I need to uh, ban you? What are you talking about, son? Okay, goodbye, Brody. Wow. Sorry, folks. We got children jumping on her. Yeah, don't talk like that. Don't talk. Don't be posting garbage on here. We don't deal with negativity. I don't deal with it very well at all. And there's plenty of it out there. This is not the place for negative comments, so... If you have a burning desire to put up a negative comment, you might want to go somewhere else. You might want to check something else out. But uh, yeah, we got quite a few people watching. It's going to be a great show today. Gang, don't forget to text the show, 949-374-0786. And we got a good one here from Matt. He Matt wants to know, hey, Cap Dave, with your years of fishing experience, when the tidal movements are the largest for the month, I have noticed that the fish bite better on larger tides. Why would that be? All right. Well, we talk about tides a lot. We have a whole section over at yoursaltwaterguide.com all about the tides. And uh, what happens is all the fish in the ocean all start out as fry, like microscopic when they're born. 
They're very, very small fish and they don't understand when they get big, they still, they're fish and they don't understand that they're big now. So when they're time to feed, all plankton floats when the tide goes slack. So when you have these giant tidal movements, it had a tendency to bring up a lot more plankton. So you got the photoplankton that comes to the surface during the big tidal movements. Then you have the zooplankton that feeds on the photoplankton. And then all your fish start their lives feeding on the zooplankton. That's how they all start life. I don't care if it's a thousand pound blue marlin or if it's a, a one ounce anchovy. They all start out feeding on plankton. So when you have these giant tidal movements, the fish can feel it. The fish can feel it in their bodies on that lateral line. That's what that lateral line there is for, to feel the movement of the tidal movements, to feel the slack of the tide, to get ready to start to feed. So when you have these incredibly large movement, tidal movements, you have a tendency for more fish to get that alarm, if you will, on their lateral lines and move to the surface to feed. All fish, when you're in a big, excuse me, I've got so much stuff going through my brain. When you're in a big tournament, like the Bisbees or any big Marlin tournament anywhere, I don't care if it's in Florida, Africa, Cabo, Dana Point, San Diego, any big tournaments you'll that you have to call in the hookups, you're going to see a phenomenal amount of hookups at the slack of the tide. And the bigger the tidal movement, the better the hookups are going to be, the more active the fish are going to be because they're going to have more of a tendency to want to get up there to the surface. The alarm's going to go off on their lateral line. It's going to tell them it's time to start to move to the surface. The tide is moving big. There's going to be a big tidal movement and it's time to get up there and feed. We talk about it a lot on the game plans at your saltwater guide. I give out a game plan every Thursday, those of you that aren't members of the website, that allows you to know where to go fishing in Southern California. And we start the game plans out at the Channel Islands. We check in with Sonny up there, who's very, very adept at fishing the Channel Islands. And we move on down the coast. We check in with Justin, then we check in with Pablo. Then I put all the information together that I possibly can have. And I cover the Channel Islands. I cover the onshore, the offshore, coastal fishing, Catalina, San Clemente Island, Coronado Islands, wherever you might venture out to on the weekend, we cover that. And we talk so much about tide. It has a big thing to do with that sea bass bite too. If we looked at that morning, we caught those sea bass in the War Heroes tournament. There was a slack tide that morning. That's why that fish bit when it bit. Same thing with the bluefin. When there's a big slack tide, that bluefin foamers will just go absolutely bananas. When you're offshore and you're seeing this uh, bluefin thing come all the way to the top and explode, look at your tide chart and you're going to go, oh my gosh, he's totally right. The foamers, all that stuff is starting to happen when the tide goes slack. Yeah, I don't understand them either, Raymond, but it's just part of life. You know what? Mike Tyson summed it up perfect. I was listening to one of his podcasts one day, and he summed it up perfect. People that do that kind of stuff is because they've never been punched in the face. So they think that they can hide in their mom's 
on their mom's computer and make stupid comments, but it's okay. It really doesn't bother us. I just don't like other people seeing it. And if you go after my children or if you go after my wife, then game, then it's, that's not a good thing. Or you go after other members of the website's children when we post pictures. Oh my gosh. That's, that what get me. You can go after me all day long. I can handle it. People have been, people have been jealous of me for a very, very long time. I, it doesn't bother me. I think it's hilarious that all these people, especially the guys that are driving those sport boats that talk crap about me. I help the industry out so much. You can always tell the guys that are jealous that are running those sport boats because they can't not talk about me. It's so funny. But when they post on the, on a podcast or they post on a, Social media, normally I'll just grab them and ban them. But let's go back to what we were talking about. This tide is such a significant. I don't care if you're surf fishing or you're big marlin fishing or if you're sea bass fishing. The tide has a huge, huge influence on the fishing. Fish are going to float to the surface when the tide goes slack. That's because... Like I said in the beginning of this podcast, that's how they've grown up. They've grown up feeding on the surface when the tide goes slack. So every time the tide goes slack, all the fish think it's time to eat because that's when the plankton floats and all fish grew up eating plankton. So your bait fish comes to the surface when the tide goes slack and all the other fish follow it up to the surface. So Matt, hopefully that answered your question a little bit. If this is very confusing and if I'm using, I'm talking too much about stuff and you're not following along, all you got to do is go back to our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. Everything will be revealed over there at yoursaltwaterguide.com. We have lots of messages coming in now. So uh, over at yoursaltwaterguide.com, you can find out everything that there is on uh, Tide. I have a whole section about Tide and how important it is. So check that out and uh, let's see. We got another question here. We got another question. Okay. Captain Dave, Rick here from Orange. And what a phenomenal dive trip you guys had catching those lobsters, Rick. That was incredible. If you haven't seen that, gang, go over to the community on your saltwater guide and check out Rick and his buddies diving. Oh, my gosh. That's a wad of lobsters there. Kind of like. The Wada Lobster Sunny got up in the Channel Islands. That I'm going to talk to you, Rick, real quick about your question, but that's something that's really cool about the website is the community. Got people sharing everything they're doing out on the water, all the stuff they're catching, everything they're doing, they're sharing everything over there. It's pretty amazing that there's a community out there with 0.0 negativity allowed. I control my website. There is no negativity over there. You can ask any question you want. You can post anything you want about fish or fishing or catching fish, and you'll never have anything negative. I think that's huge with this, with how polluted social media is with negativity. But Rick asks, when you're offshore, fishing for bluefin or yellowfin and your trolling is not working and you have no bait, what lures would you suggest to have in your arsenal? Well, that live deception flash lure from Promar, 
that's always a go-to. Try to match the hatch, have three or four different sizes of them from the pinhead anchovy size up to the mackerel size. Then also go to the scrum popper that uh, Fish Labs Akuma has. Go to that scrum popper. That's always a go-to when the fish are foaming. Those things will go good. Are the pencil, the pencil popper or the uh, stick baits that Promar Fish Labs makes all those different lures. All that stuff's good to have. Any type of dart lure, any type of lure that resembles an anchovy or a sardine in a big enough to cast, but not too big to not be in the water column when you cast it out there. So you're going to have to play with that. And that's something that's going to be, we're going to talk about here pretty soon on the show at the 20 minute mark. I'll show you guys a little deal that John Bretta made with the spinning reel, the new Tesoro spinning reel, which will absolutely change what you catch, Rick, when you're out fishing and you don't have any bait. Number one thing that most people can't do is cast. So when you are out there and you don't have any bait, they're not biting the troll and you see a foamer and you can't cast to it, you need a spinning rod and reel setup so you can actually cast to the foamer. If you drive up to it, all the fish sink out. That's because you spooked them because most people, like we talked about before, I'm sorry. I just love fishing and I get so passionate about it. But most people approach these foamers from behind. We talk about it once or twice a year. I talked about it a couple weeks ago, I think, or maybe a month ago. How when you approach a foamer, a fish, you want to see which way they're going. And you don't want to approach them from behind because remember, they're just fish and they're dumb. And if they feel something approaching them from behind, they're going to sink out. But if you move around to in front of them, they are locked onto that food source that they're after. And they're not going to get spooked like they do if you approach from behind. So if you can take a couple seconds out of your busy day to figure out which way that foamer is pushing the bait and get around in front of that bait school and that fish and shut the boat off, not the engines, but you just stop driving and then cast so that they're swimming at you. Most people screw this up and cast behind the fish. Fish do not eat with their butt. Plus, when your lure hits from behind, it scares them because they don't know it's a lure. Remember, they're fish. They're dumb. Don't overthink it. But if you throw your lure behind them and it splashes on the water behind them, they're hauling butt. They're getting out of there because they think it's a fish trying to eat them. So take a couple minutes out of your busy day and try to cast behind, in front of them, not behind them. All right, Dan and Kim. Why is Marley's pilot house taped up? Because <laughs> he chewed all the windows and everything off and it's starting to fall apart. So we had to tape it up. So, and I don't know why it's turned the opposite way. Come here. Here. He's right there. He's right behind you. Come here. Get over here. So he chewed all the windows off and he chewed the walls off. So we had to put some low tack tape on there to hold it, to hold it up. So that's why Dan, Kim and Dan. All right. And then, yeah, the Dave, Dave Bruce. Yes. The moon has a big thing to do with the tide has a huge thing, but you got, you can get the tide chart. You can get Bill Varney's tide chart. You can pull a tide chart up on your phone or your app or whatever. It's all about the tides. The big tides are what's going to have that fish biting. Gang, don't forget, you can text the show. I, 
I don't know if there's any other podcast out there where the guy's going to actually answer questions for you. And I've fished for a living for 48 years in Dana Point, San Diego, Mexico, Morro Bay, all over the place. So I got a kind of a half a clue of what I'm talking about. I don't know if there's any other podcast out there that are live where you can ask the guy questions about fishing. Another thing, I don't know if there's anybody out there that built a website for fishing that the guy fished his whole life for a living. Think about that. And then the guy that owns the website actually answers the phone when you call. That's pretty crazy. Oh, and then he spent $25,000 of his own money to build you guys an app so you can have it at the touch of your fingertips. That's pretty spectacular, right? I mean, I don't know. Don't believe me. Go ask your friends. What does it cost to build an app that holds 580 videos? That's my commitment to all my members. I didn't have to build that app. We already had 4,000 members. We didn't have to build the app, but I promised everybody that I would always be improving my website. And we have the most spectacular app put together by Elliot and myself that is super easy to use. And everybody in the tech world that asks that are as members of my website are just like, Dave, that is the most incredible app. And I don't know anything. I'm a 62 year old fisherman. I just believe what I'm told. And the people that know tech tell me that the app is epic. So if any of you out there are thinking, I don't know if I, if this is really worth it. Well, I fish for a living my whole life. I have an app. I answer everyone's questions and I know nine bucks is a lot of money right now when you can't even buy, you can't even buy two gallons of gas for your car. My good buddy, Justin, who's out driving around selling tools right now in his tool truck, which that's his part-time job on the side when he's not fishing. He just pulled up to the gas pump and put a quarter, or excuse me, put $50 in his gas tank and it put a quarter of a tank of gas in there. That's pretty sad. So if you're thinking, oh, I don't know if nine bucks is worth it. Well, it, it is, I promise you. There's so many people, 4,000 plus members. You can Google my name. You can find out. It's pretty cool. All right, here we go. I don't got a name. Dave, love the show. Could you recommend any party boats out of San Diego, San Diego for like two or three day trip? Mike Lewis, my goodness, on his phone, sending me a text message. There you go, magic. I'm going to try to call you right after the show today. So maybe answer your phone or even turn on the ringer, Captain Dave ringer. Okay, out of San Diego for like a two or three day trip, I will give, I will. I will, uh, the tribute, phenomenal. Mike Pritchard runs an epic operation. Um, the searcher, Art Taylor just turned the boat over to his new, new uh, to his old captain, but now he's a new owner. And uh, they run a phenomenal operation. Uh, Polaris Supreme, if you can get out with Aliar, that is, that, that Aliar is, a different human being cut from a different cloth. And uh, he is an epic fisherman and we can go on and on. There's not any, there's really not any bad boats. The Aztec with Greg, that's a phenomenal operation. I don't want to leave out any of my buddies. I have a whole bunch of friends that own a lot of really good boats down in San Diego. I can't think of a boat that I would not want you to go on out of San Diego. I can think of some up in some other landings that I wouldn't want you to go on, but San Diego, I can't think of anybody that I wouldn't want you to go on, but we'll do some off offline stuff. I just don't want to 
I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. A lot of the people that I'm talking about are, will be on the show here in the wintertime when they're not working every day. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. There's not a bad, there's not a bad, uh, vote. If you guys look on Facebook right now, Dave Brown just put up the, uh, the, um, code for the, uh, 50% off apparel. He put up the code. It's, uh, you go to akumafishingusa.com, akumafishingusa, all one word, dot com, and then you put up the code Hanson50104, Hanson50104 is going to be your code, Hanson, H-A-N-S-E-N, 50104, at akumafishingusa.com and that's going to be your code to save 50% on apparel you'll be stoked they got so much good clothes over there at akuma check it out and uh we'll try to make sure we get that up over on the youtube channel also and jim hughes on the cortez rambo great friend very good guy wonderful operation like i said i don't want to leave anybody out i could go on and on the whole hour talking about all the phenomenal operations in san diego the ones that are no good, they're, they've got, they're, they're gone. They already didn't make it. So just kind of contact me offline and we'll go over. But everybody in San Diego runs phenomenal operations. The biggest problem is fishing is so red hot and so good right now. You're going to have a really hard time getting on a boat. All right, Captain Dave, who is this? I don't see the name. Thank you for what you do for War Heroes. You're very, very welcome. Can you explain how you bait your hook for sharks using chunk bait? Thank you. When we're shark fishing, gang, I'm going to use something that is easy for the shark to get in his mouth. I don't want him to have to chew on the bait for five minutes to get it into his mouth. I'm going to use a long strip of bonita. I'm going to use a long strip of a tuna. I'm going to use, I'm not going to use the head of the tuna because they have a hard, they're going to take four or five bites, but I'm going to use a big fillet of yellowfin tuna or bluefin tuna. If I want a hammerhead, I learned when we were trying to catch a hammerhead to study it, we learned that we had to use a whole yellowfin. They wouldn't, they wanted the whole yellowfin, but we didn't kill the hammerhead. We just caught it for study, but we, we baited so many until we figured it out, until we figured it out. Now, listen, I got to show you something. Gang, today is a big day. I've been waiting for them to get online. They're here. Happy birthday, Zaya. My granddaughter's birthday is today. She's one years old. And I should be there. And I'm sorry I'm not there, baby Zaya. I'm sorry, but I love you very much. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Zaya. Big Dave for Captain Dave. That's my little beautiful granddaughter. You guys saw the videos. You've seen. Sorry. Family is everything, gang. I'm sorry. I'm just being real and honest. They just texted me and said they're watching. So, Grandpa loves you. Happy birthday, baby girl. Um, whew, Snap out of it, Dave. All right. John Stanley, haven't seen you for a while. Sorry, gang. I'm going to snap out of it. What do you do when lobster ropes much, much longer than the depth I'm fishing in? Hold on a second. 
Okay, that's a good one. So here's what I do. Let's say I'm fishing, and I fish lobsters a lot. I'm fishing 30 feet of water. My wingspan's six foot. I'll pull out one. I'll pull out six pulls. That makes sure it's going to get to the bottom. Then I'll take the rest of the rope, and I'll zip tie it in a big wad. Zip ties. I got a whole bunch of zip ties on my boat when I'm hoop netting. I have a lot of zip ties because they come in handy and it it's quick and uh, it 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 can be adjusted very quickly too with your dikes. You can cut them right off and make the lines a little bit longer. But my wingspan is six feet, so I do pulls six pulls. If I'm fishing thirty, if I'm fishing forty, I do seven or eight, nine pulls, whatever. And then I wad up the rest of the line. Most of your lobster line, like you get from Promar is going to be 75 feet. So you got to think of that. And, and if you go to my website and you look at all my lobster videos and stuff, we don't use, we don't go very deep. We're very, very rarely are we going deeper than 30 feet of water on my videos and the hot spots I show you. Why? Because I believe in my heart that hoop netting is supposed to be fun. Now, I'm not taking anything away from the guys that have the electric pullers and like to fish in 120 to 300 feet of water. That's wonderful. That's not me. You, If you ever came out on the boat when I was hoop netting for a living, taking people hooping, we're fishing in shallow water because I want you to be able to pull the hoops. I want everybody on the boat involved. I want the children involved. I want everybody involved and pulling it by hand and bringing it up the side of the boat, and catching those lobsters and the crabs and the starfish and the eels and the sharks and sand bass and everything is so exciting and so cool when you're involved in the whole act if you put it on an electric puller and wrap the line around it stand there and wait for it to come up to the top that's not my deal that's not that exciting to me it doesn't make it that fun i think everybody needs to be involved in the act of pulling and It's also way easier to store the rope if you're only fishing in 30 feet of water. If you're fishing 200, 250 feet of water, you got so much lobster rope on the boat. It's just, it's hideous. It's not fun. I don't enjoy it. And most of my spots, like I said, are shallow water spots. And you know what? If you look at my videos and you look at all the pictures from all the years past, we absolutely annihilate the lobsters. We catch them really good. I know you guys catch them in deep water, but we do real good catching them in shallow water. I want to show Rick something that will help you out tremendously. If you're uh let me see. I think I put it up here. It's on there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I put it. That ain't it. I put it somewhere. Put it somewhere. Okay. Let's try this one. I want you to see what Akuma just came out with that's going to help you out tremendously. It's going to help you out to catch the fish when you don't have proper lures. You're not, you don't have what you need to get your bait into that foamer or get your line into the foamer or get your lure or your scrub popper, scrim popper or your uh, stick bait. When you don't, when you're not able to make the cast, it matters so much. It absolutely 
matters and you have to make sure that you can cast into that. So that video is loading right now. So just wait a few seconds and we'll get that up in just a second. But John Stanley, hopefully that answered your question. Mike Lewis, when do you think the weather's going to be good? But it turns out to be bad quick. How long do you stay out before deciding to call it quits? Both when catching or skunk. What I do is I look at the weather and uh, I try to read the weather like we did that day with you, Mike. And then as soon as everything around me looks like it's not going to come together and it isn't going to be good, we're going to get back to the dock as soon as we possibly can because it's not going to be an enjoyable day for anybody on the boat. It's just not going to be fun. So we're going to pull the plug as soon as we can and try to get back to the dock as quick as possible. There's no reason to stay out there when the weather is garbage. When the weather is garbage, gang, it's time to go home. It's not going to be fun. We live in Southern, most of us live in Southern California. We have about 300 beautiful days, those 65 crappy days. You don't need to be out there. And when it's white capping everywhere, it's not all of a sudden going to quit white. As If you get out there in the morning and it's flat and then it starts to white cap, well, it's not going to just stop white capping all of a sudden because you're like, well, I, it's, I'm going to wait the weather out. No, you're not. You're going to lose your spouse. You're going to lose your friends. You're going to lose your buddies. You're going to lose all your pals because the weather is garbage and it just keeps getting worse and worse. It's time to pull the plug and go home. Go out a different day. Go out another day. Don't sit out there and wait for the weather to change. So that's what I think. That's the number one thing I think is super important to understand is that uh, the weather's not just going to change because you want it to change. It's going to take something spectacular to change. It's not going to, once it's white capping, it's not going to change. Here, look at this is John Bretza, Director of Product Development for Okuma Fishing Tackle. And what I have here is probably one of the most exciting introductions we had at the ICAST show this year. This is a new Tesoro spinning reel. This is the reel positioned right below the Mackayer spinning reel. This is a reel that's going to come with all aluminum-like construction. So it's very rigid. The body, side plate, and rotor are all aluminum. This is going to feature 13 stainless bearings, high-performance bearings. But what's nice about this is it also features dual anti-reverse. So you have that instant anti-reverse anti-reverse from the one-way roller bearing, but you also have a mechanical backup anti-reverse. So if you hook that fish of a lifetime, and if for some reason the bearing is ever to go out, you have a backup in play. Now one of the great things about this reel is it features a carbonite dual force drag system, can generate up to 55 pounds of maximum drag. So just a ton of stopping power with that carbon fiber drag system. The gearing is really the heart and soul of this reel. It's oversized machine cut brass gearing, it's ported out to help reduce weight, and it's extremely smooth, but extremely powerful. The other thing with this gearing is that the pinion gear is double supported with uh, ball bearings at the top and the bottom. All right, what is that? And that is going to change what you catch. The gearing on there, the drag system, it's not your grandpa's spinning reel. This is high tech. This is gonna handle that blue fin and that yellow fin. Plus, it's going to give you the advantage to cast into it, like we were talking about before, Rick. If you're offshore and you don't have any bait, but you don't have the ability to cast a conventional reel, you better have a really good spinning reel. The Tesoro Series spinning reel, 
like John Brenza said, it's just a step underneath the Makaira spinning reel. Those Makaira spinning reels are very, very expensive. This is a step down so everybody can be involved. And it's going to, and the gearing and everything in that reel is going to allow you to catch those big bluefin. When he said 54 pounds of drag pressure, that is an incredible amount of drag pressure. You can't hold that. If there's 54 pounds of drag pulling that rod and you're holding it as tight as you can, you can't hold that. You can't do it. It's got more drag than you can handle, folks. So that's a pretty incredible reel. So check those out. I know they have them at Shark Bait in uh, Seal Beach. Shark Bait Tackle. You spell shark with a C. And check it out and get a, go look at that and get one of those. That's going to help you tremendously to get into this fishing thing and uh, not if if you don't have any bait like Rick Maurer was saying and you want to be able to catch something and you're not good at f- casting a conventional reel you do not want to practice the day you get to go out fishing you do not want to practice casting when you see big foamers of bluefin and yellowfin and you got your scrim popper or you got your live deception flash lure whatever lure you picked up from uh, fish labs and you're ready to go, but you can't cast, that's going to suck. So you want to have that spinning reel. Make sure that it, that you have one of those Tesoros in your arsenal up in the rack with a nice lure tied onto it, ready to go. Nice. Dave Hill. How are you, sir? Always a pleasure to hear from you. Thank you very much. What do you think about playing music on the boat? I flip and hate it. I flip and hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Unless we're anchored up in a cove at Avalon and we're swimming and we're playing. But if we're fishing, I have to have communication with the cockpit, with my guys in the cockpit. If the music is blaring, we can't even hear the clicker go off. I can't talk to my deckhands. I can't tell them, hey, I got a foamer coming up here on the port side. The music, music is stupid when you're fishing. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. And if you like to have it blaring, you probably catch not very much very often. You probably aren't very good at fishing. You probably, well, we like to have the stereo on super loud. Well, good. And you probably suck at fishing. If you think about it, it's your day to go out fishing. If you want to have the stereo playing on the boat, on Do it in your car when you're driving around. Most of us probably don't even, not you, Dave Hill, but the other people, we probably don't even enjoy your genre of music, first of all. Mm -hmm. Second of all, we don't want to hear it blaring. We want to be able to communicate with each other. There's so many little tiny subtle things that happen when you're out fishing that if you don't capitalize on that split second of that subtleness, It can make it so you have a terrible day out on the water. And if that stereo is going, you're missing out on so much cool stuff. Plus, you're out on the water. Enjoy nature. Enjoy the sound of the birds and the water slapping on the side of the boat. Having a conversation with the crew or with your friends. You're not going out on the boat to be at a nightclub. It's ridiculous. But you know how many... In my years and years and years, so many owners don't get it. So many owners, friends and family don't get it. Another thing that I'm going to say that's probably going to piss a lot of you off 
When you go fishing, it's not the time to go drinking. When people used to charter my boat and they'd say, hey, Cap, can we bring? I go, if you guys want to drink, charter a bar. We're going fishing. I take fishing very, very serious, and I'm very, very serious about it. If you want to drink, go charter a bar. Go drink. If you want to go fish, don't go with me. I mean, if you want to go drink, don't go fishing with me because that's not what we're doing. We're out there to try to catch fish. I don't need you stumbling around, being obnoxious, causing problems with everybody else on the boat. Listen, when you're drunk, you're not fun to be around. I don't care what you think in your mind. You're not fun. And why do you want to touch me every time when you're drunk? I can hear you just fine. I don't understand why people that are drunk need to touch me when they're talking to me. I can hear you. All right. I don't need you to touch me so I can hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being honest because the, the music thing came up with Dave Hill. Gang, if you have a question, we got lots of time. Make sure you send in your questions. If you have a comment, send it in. I'll read it right here online. And once again, baby Zaya, happy birthday. I'm sorry I lost it there for a minute, but I really am bummed that Kelly and I aren't up there hanging out with my granddaughter on her birthday. Cause last year on this day, I was there when you were born, little girl. All right. I've heard you and Justin say that you may get more eels in your lobster hoop nets. If this happens, what's the procedure for getting them else? Also, you said the lobster videos that you don't try and catch lobsters anywhere south of the bridge in San Diego. Is that because there aren't many or because of the pollutants? No, that south of the bridge, I don't, I don't know the area down there. That's why I don't, I don't know much about it down there. I know from the bridge out, there's a lot. And I know that now I know there's a lot of guys that do very good back in the back part of the Harbor, Tommy Gomes. He knows that area really well back there. I'm not, I'm not going to give you guys a bunch of spots. I don't know anything about. That's why I didn't talk about it. But as far as moray eels go, if we come up with a moray eel, but there's lobsters in the hoop, normally, if there's a moray eel in the hoop net, there's not going to be any lobsters, okay? Because the lobsters are boogieing. Because you know why the moray's in there? Because he wants to eat them. So normally, there's no uh, lobsters in the hoop net when there's an eel in there. So that, first of all. So when it comes up and there's nothing in it, there may be a little moray eel slithering around in your bait cage or slithering around the bottom of the net. I try to keep the net over the side and shake that moray eel out of there. He'll go right through the holes in the, in the hoop net. I don't like them on the deck. They're almost impossible to pick up. Most of us don't have a net big enough to pick them up. And one time in my career, I thought I, I don't know what I thought, but I thought I could grab them. I thought I could grab a hold of them and hold them by the back of his neck like you would a snake. It didn't work out. And he spun around. And as I was flinging him over the side, he got my index finger and he shredded it. And it looked like a banana that you had just peeled. And it touched it for a split second. It wasn't even a second. It was less than, it was probably a tenth of a second. As he went flying through the air, as, as he spun around and he grabbed my index finger. They're not a fun animal. To, you can't, you can't really hold on to them. They're just a slime ball. And there's no real disconnect from the head 
to the face where you could get a grip on it, your hands is super slimy and your hands are going to slide right into his mouth and his whole job's to bite you. So I'm going to do everything in my power to try to get him off the boat using maybe two bait scoops. Sometimes I've picked up the, a three or four foot long moray eel with two bait scoops, but don't try to grab them with your hands. Throw your five gallon bucket down on the deck and try to lure them in there with the bait scoop, trying to get them in the bucket. Don't grab them. They're slime and teeth. That's pretty much how you can describe them. They're slime and their teeth. So be very, very careful. Very, very careful because they they can they did a number on my index finger and I was working. So all I did was wrap some duct tape around it and keep on working because it was those people's day. And I just was like, well, that was stupid. Don't grab a more eel, you dummy. Don't do that again. Hey, Tim, how are you, my friend? I'm taking my boat out to the Nine Mile Bank for the first time Saturday. Are the rockfish bigger and better? Well, the thing is, Tim, is you can go fish that deeper water on the on the Nine Mile Bank right now. You can get out there and fish that deeper water. The fish are normally a little bit bigger in that deeper water. There's quite a few spots. I'll send you a couple spots when we get off of here. It... uh it looks like, and I was looking at weather because I'm trying to put together uh, the game plans, you know, just trying to figure things out. It looks like the weather's going to be really bitching this weekend, especially on Saturday. So it could be a lot of fun out there Saturday f- fishing that rockfish. But here's the, here's the rub right now with what's going on. You go out there and you catch that rockfish. And then you start to come home from the nine mile bank and you see some bluefin or yellowfin. You know, you saw the show with uh, Jamie from uh channel islands once you get that rockfish on the boat you can't fish for anything else so just keep your head down once you catch them and don't look around and don't look at foamers and don't look at any of that bluefin or yellowfin jumping around because once you put that redfish on the boat you can't stop that's the new law i didn't make the law i'm not here to argue about the law it is the law it is what it is once the redfish come on the boat you can't fish anymore That was the really weird thing about War Heroes on Water. This is my sixth year being a part of War Heroes on Water, gang, and how I usually started my trip out was I'd go straight to the rockfish. We'd catch those. Then we'd go calico fishing, get that out of the way. Then we'd go tuna fishing, Dorado fishing. This year we had to do it all backwards. We tuna fished first. Then we went to the island and caught our sea bass and our yellowtail and that. Then we went and caught a rockfish at the very end. And I got it done so fast that we still had two hours of fishing time. That's just part of the deal. Once you put that red rockfish on the boat, we couldn't fish anymore. It's, It's a weird time to be alive here in California or in the world, I guess. But that's what's going on. So you got to be real careful. Once you put the red rockfish on your boat, you cannot fish anymore. And I don't care. I don't need to argue with you. It is the law. It is what it is. You can try to read it, manipulate it any way you want, but that's the law. All right. Matt, when driving on the hunt for fish and you start to meter fish deep, is there a preferred depth you start chumming to draw the fish to the surface? Here's how I, that's a great question, Matt. Here's how I've done it for years and years and years. I have my fish finding apparatus set at zero on the top, 
300 feet down. That's the level I'm going to look at on your private boat. Now, when I was running the bigger boat, the, the Hatteras, and we carried 20 scoops of bait, I would look 500 feet down. But on a private, smaller boat with a couple of scoops of bait, maybe f- big big bait tank, maybe four or five scoops of bait, I'm not going to look for anything below 300 feet of water. I'm going to find that fish in 300 feet of water, and I'm going to mark it on my GPS where I found it. Then I'm going to look around in that area. I'm not going to leave that area. Now I found fish. Now I'm going to start to scout around that area, maybe get two or three miles from where I marked all that fish at 300 or 250 feet or whatever. I'm going to start to look around and box that area, maybe a one mile box, two mile box, always knowing that I can come back into that zone where I marked all that fish. What happens throughout the day, especially as the tide starts to go slack, that fish is going to rise in the water column. When the tide's starting to get ready to go slack, I might go back over to where I marked that fish, and now I see it at 150 feet. Now I'm going to stop. I'm going to start to chum one at a time off the downhill corner, like I show you on the uh, how to chum offshore video. Downhill corner means the wind is blowing a little bit. Every boat, there's like maybe a handful of boats on the whole planet Earth that drift bow for, but every boat drifts stern first. So the wind's blowing out of the west. The, the, the wind's hitting you in the face. You want to chum the other side of the boat on the corner as far down, as far as you can throw the chum because you can, and off the corner, but not out, down, straight off the back of the boat, but off the corner because the boat's going to drift to that chum. It's a whole thing. It matters. Everything matters. Remember that. But the chumming offshore is humongous. Once that fish is in that 150 foot level, it's ready to come to the surface. You're going to start throwing that chum off the downhill corner as far off the corner as you can. And you're going to drift to it. Another thing I don't want to have a argument about, I don't care how you do it. I'm just telling you the right way to do it. So you don't need to put those stupid comments. Oh, this is how I do it. Who cares? <laughs> you fish once a year. I don't want to know how, what you do. I'm just telling you the absolute way to do it. As far off the downhill corner as you can. That way you're drifting to your chum all the time. The boat is drifting towards the chum. If you're, And if you start to see fish boil, here's another giant mistake people make. When you see a fish boil, people throw chum at the boil. The only thing you should be throwing at the boil is a bait with a hook in it and your line attached to it. Never chum at a boil. This is huge. I should have done a whole show on this. I just, it just popped up in my mind. Don't chum at a boil. Why did that fish boil right by the boat? Because you're chumming the way I told you to. So many times I've, and my deckhands all know because I yelled at all of them. But so many times in the beginning of a deckhand's career, they chum at the boil. And I've been yelling at you all day. Chum. If you're on the anchor and the yellows and the sea bass are coming, that's because we're throwing the bait as far off the bow as we can. And it's drifting back behind the boat and the fish are marching up the chum line. Once they start to get close to the boat, don't throw bait back there behind the boat. Are you stupid? If you are going to throw a bait behind the boat, make sure your line is hooked to it. All right. I'm just trying to tell you. 
don't chum at the boil because then the fish will swim away. And don't throw handfuls. Don't throw handfuls of chum one at a time. The guy that taught me how to chum, Mike Thompson, he used to smack my knuckles if I threw more than one at a time. One bait at a time. If they're eating it every time you throw it, maybe throw one a little bit quicker, but we'll throw one, count to 30. Throw one, count to 30. Throw one. Also on your boat, here's something that most people don't understand. If you're offshore, Matt, and uh, you're fishing, one of the guys in the group has to be the chummer. I know it sucks, but if if you're only going out there to catch one fish, then fine. But if you're going out there and you want limits, one guy needs to chum. And then you go, okay, all right, Matt, you caught yours? All right, Matt, you chum. Now Dave's going to fish. I'm going to catch my fish. Then I get mine. Then I go to the chum and you cast and catch your fish. A lot of times if it gets really good, and you've seen this video, I posted it many, many times. When I'm on a skiff with you and me, Matt, and they're biting, I'm going to be the chummer, but I'm going to hook a fish on another rod and I'm going to shove it in the rod holder. Then I'm going to grab another rod and throw it out there and hook another fish and shove it in the rod holder while you're fighting your fish. There's two other fish hooked up already on two other rods. So now I know we're going to catch three. What most people do is they panic. They're like, oh my gosh. And they jerk and they jerk and they thumb the spool. Tuna are dumb. They're easy to catch. The hardest part's finding them. Once they start to bite, they're super easy. Just cast out couple rods, hook the fish, shove it in the rod holder. You got them now. Now you got two. Now you got three. The one you hooked first, put that in the rod holder. Grab another rod, throw another bait out. Hook another fish. The one that you hooked, you got him. He's already yours. Calm down. Loosen the drag up a little bit. Let him swim around with that hook in him. Every once in a while, what I do is I look. Oh, the line's getting I'll take my hand off the rod I'm fighting with, grind on the one that's in the rod holder as the line gets loose, let it get tight again, then fight the fish I'm fighting, turn around, look at the other rod. I can have three fish going at the same time by myself on my boat. I've done it a zillion times. I even made a video. If you go back and look, I got three going. Me, personally, I have three fish going at one time plus my clients hooked up. So we actually had four going at once and I'm still chumming. The chumming is super important on this offshore thing to keep the fish around the boat. Dave Burris, what do you do with them and how do you get them out of the net? And why don't you just grab them? Well, I just talked about that because they're going to bite the hell out of you. But no, the mantis shrimp, you don't, you're going to catch those sometimes in your hoop net. Those things are phenomenal to eat. Oh my gosh, they're great. But don't grab them. Use your bait scoop or something because they have a thing that pops out of the front of their face that'll snap your finger in half. But oh boy, they're way better to eat than a lobster. I'd rather eat a man of shrimp than a lobster, but be very careful when you're handling them because they can bust your finger in half. By the way, I bought something fishy, but my kids tell me my car smells. This could fix that. Yeah, something fishy. Jason, cool. Thank you. Dave, can you explain how to bait your hook? Okay. All right. Excuse me. I have so many questions. Slow down, Dave. Jason, do you have 
a particular fish fillet knife you recommend? Thank you. I use a RH Forstner fillet knife. You know, I make millions of fillet videos. I have millions of views on the fillet videos. I can't get one knife company to even return my calls. It's so bizarre. So I use the RH Forstner. I've used it since I was a kid. It works flawless. I've never, ever thought, man, if I would just had a different knife, I would have probably filleted those 800 fish we filleted on the half day boat before we got to the dock faster. Yeah, gang, I used to fillet. Me and one other guy would fillet 800 fish in an hour every flipping day. Yep. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, we did. And every, I'm not special. Every sport boat on the coast was doing it, gang, back in the good old days when they let us, when they actually let us catch fish. You could do it today, but they won't let you catch fish anymore. That's the worst thing. But yeah, the RH Forstner, it's a $30 fillet knife. It works flawless. It works very, very well. It works very, very, very well. And RH Forstner is the company that makes the Swiss Army knife. So this steel in that knife is a really bitchin' steel and it holds up really good. So Mike Lewis wanted to know, how do I chum when the birds are grabbing every single bait? Well, the birds are grabbing the bait because it's weak. If it's weak bait, the minute it hits the water, the birds are grabbing it. So that starts to be a problem. You're going to need a livelier bait. But sometimes the birds are just relentless and there's no way around them. What I always tell people is all you got to do is try to be smarter than the bird. So take a look around. If the birds are grabbing every bait, there's probably not a lot of fish around. If there's a lot of fish around, the birds aren't getting your bait that quick. So uh, the old hickory ace, the problem with those is they, they just, they're not stainless steel. So they just rust like crazy. And I don't know about you, but I don't want rust on my fillets. I don't want to eat rust. I don't, I'm sorry. I know the old hickory, that's what we had back in the olden days when I was a kid, but they have a ton of rust on them. So the, the RH Forstner is a stainless steel blade, stays stainless really, really well. And it works really good, but as far as chumming with a lot of birds, that's a that's a really tough one. That's a great question, though, Mike Lewis. Thank you for trying to stump me. But uh, if people are hooking birds all the time, that's a that's a fisherman problem. Because all you got to do to not hook a bird is be smarter than the bird. Think about the bird. He's swimming, flying around up there, watching you bait your hook, and he sees you kill your bait, and then put it on your hook, and then throw it out there. And he flies over and eats it. His whole job is to try to get food. All you got to do is try to be smarter than the bird. But as far as weak bait goes and chumming, birds are going to eat it every time. And then a strong bait, if you chum it, it's going to swim away too fast and it's not going to work for chum. So it's a catch-22. It's a rough thing to think about. So uh, that's what I got going on. Gang, don't forget. Sprinkle out those stars. Make sure you sprinkle some stars out there for me on uh, Facebook. And then don't, Jeanette, thank you again. My gosh, you are a saint. Jeanette just tipped us 40 bucks, gang, on YouTube. You can leave us tips on YouTube, gang. It helps feed Marley. Marley's my rescue monkey. You see running around in the back there. He is soup. There he is. He hears his name. He's coming out of his box. There he is right behind my head. That's my rescue monkey. And I have two rescue cats and then I 
got me and my beautiful wife, Kelly. Everything you give us goes to us, helps feed the family. We produce this show Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I don't beg. I'm not begging for money right now. I'm just telling you, if you appreciate the show, you can give us a tip. You can leave a tip on YouTube or you can sprinkle stars on Facebook. Everything helps. Those of you that are listening to the podcast, remember what uh, Dave Brown said. You can leave, you can go, where did that post go? Maybe we can get it back up here. I can see it. I want to go over it real quick if I can find it. Come on, Dave. Where is it? All right. This is great. You're going to save 50% on Akuma apparel, like the beautiful shirt I'm wearing right here that you can see. Those of you that are listening, you don't know. You're going to go to AkumaFishingUSA.com, AkumaFishingUSA.com, and you're going to put in the code Hanson, H-A-N-S-E-N, the number 50, and then 104. That is your discount code to get clothing, apparel for 50% off. And then check out the... QR code I'm going to throw up here at the end of the show. Check that out and go check out that reel, that Tesoro spinning reel that John Bretta was talking about. Check that thing out. Make sure you get that arsenal, that reel in your arsenal, that Tesoro spinning reel is going to help you tremendously to cast to those foaming fish. There's the QR code. Don't grab it right now. Grab it after the show. We got it. Let's see. Any more questions? I think we got all the questions. We did a whole hour. Grab the QR code after the show's over. Thank you all very, very much. Do not forget, my beautiful wife's going to be a part of the show tomorrow. You can send in your questions now, those of you listening on the podcast. You can send in your questions. Kelly Girl will answer everybody's question tomorrow. Send in your questions at 949-374-0786. We'll read your questions on air. We're going to give away a t-shirt today to one lucky person. And uh, what I need from you is uh, I'm going to need your shirt size and your address. All right. So Jason Noble, thank you very much for the question. Send me your shirt size and your... uh, address and we'll get that shirt out to you and tomorrow kelly girl will give away a shirt you know how she is she'll probably give away more than a shirt she has no problem giving away stuff so make sure you tune in tomorrow 12 o'clock pacific standard time kelly girl will be on the show giving away stuff me and marley will be here the cats will be downstairs don't forget the stars don't forget the tips don't forget to check out akuma save 50 percent on the apparel thank you all for joining us today on the show If you want to check out my website for free, text me 949-374-0786 and I'll give you a free look. It's free. I promise. It's free. See you later. Thanks.